You're listening to Campfire Conversations, brought to you by Three Rivers Land Trust, committed to conservation. As promised, we finally got somebody besides me and Sam to talk on this thing. Somebody worth talking to. My good buddy and, uh, well, just my good buddy, really. Mr. Sim DeLapp. Um, Sim, I appreciate you coming with, coming it's with my, us today. It's my pleasure. I appreciate y'all's interest. And well, we appreciate you. Sim has been, uh, he's been a good friend ever since I've been at the Land Trust. He's a, a great conservationist, Land Trust supporter, um, outdoorsman, woodsman, and uh, historian. Uh, would you call yourself a self-made historian, or, or how did you go about becoming a, a booty man? Before you answer that, I would also like to add the husband. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we can't, we can't leave. Of one of the finest ladies in yes. the We can't leave her out. Yeah, yes. we cannot leave Miss Michelle out. Who helps us out here around the office Does great all day, work. every day. And if you've she, gotten a phone call from, from us at some point, and it was a, a lady that you just could not hang up on because you loved the sound of her voice, it was probably her. I think we'd all agree that I don't know how you did it, Sim, but you you hit it out of the park when you got Michelle to be well to be your bride. The, the youngest seventy-two-year-old woman. That's fact. That I that I have ever seen. That, I, and, I, I and agree. One been married fifty-two. Been married fifty-two years. Yep. So. That's, that's impressive. Fifty-two years. 52 Congratulations. Years. Yeah. We'll go right. back to your question. I just yep. had to put that in there. Yep. I'm glad you did. We can't leave. I, I, I got the atmosphere now. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so tell me, how did you get into digging into local history to begin with? Well, you know, I used to think that uh, uh, if you didn't have a degree, uh, you didn't uh, like a degree in history or whatever, that you really weren't learned. But I had a wonderful father, uh, lived, lived to be 78, and I got a, a doctorate degree in history from him by growing right. up with him, mm-hmm. and a, along a with a whole lot of other things. But the point was, so if we go back to, to when I was a little boy, uh, and every, every summer we would get a free cabin at Blowing Rock, because my, co- my daddy's cousin, I guess my cousin too, uh, owned a place in Bowling Rock. And so it, consequently we would leave and go Highway 64 and cross Dutchman's Creek. And every time we would cross Dutchman's Creek, I would feel uh, from what he had told me, and he didn't know a lot of details. Nobody knew a lot of details back then. But, but I always saw to Daniel Boone. and. And usually I thought of Daniel Boone going up to Blowing Rock and places like that. And so it was a natural, <clears throat> it was a natural uh, love uh, that has been there as long as I can remember. But I didn't know anything about it like you mm-hmm. talked about. It's so hard and oftentimes biographers, uh, they don't do research. What they do is they, they get a student to help them and they go and draw their information from other books that were written right and they don't get in and dig and try to find in in fact one reason is that that up until computers came into play uh, if you didn't uh, check a deed or whatever uh, you had to be on the premises in the location so the the 60s whenever computers came around it opened up Particularly for this era, for this era, uh, extraordinary information, uh, and the primary source is mm-hmm. is uh, the uh, Draper Papers, mm-hmm. and who was a little man who made it his life's work to uh, save every, to gather all the information to save every. Uh, 
article and everything so that now that is the primary source. So he's gathering, the Draper papers are as many primary sources as he can gather of words and deeds. That's right, and, and he did it for, you know, 30 so years. He was a little tiny guy, and he did it for 30 so... <laughs> so am I. So am I. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and without a... You know, a whole lot of financial gain. He had an uncle, I think, that underwrote him a little bit. But he traveled everywhere. He wrote letters to everybody, uh, accumulated them in a pile, which made it difficult after he died. Right. But the University of Wisconsin has all those papers today, uh, and they are now on... The internet. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. You can look and, it up, and you can and you can and find them. And it, it's been a, it's been a wonderful thing. Well, I want to clear up one thing that bothers me a whole bunch. Okay. Uh, well, two things really. First thing is that Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone did not. There was two different times. They, yeah. All together. Yeah. Um, they didn't overlap, contrary to popular belief. Right. And one thing that bothers you is. Daniel Boone was never depicted in a coonskin cap. That's correct. Uh, we, that we, we is correct. To, we need to clear in those fact, he, he, he did not like them. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and he always wore, like most of those men did back in those days, sort of a wide brim. Yeah, kind of a beaver felt hat. Yeah, yep. uh, but uh, they, you know, they were thinking uh, uh, from a function standpoint, and that gave them protection to rain and various other things. Right. I just wanted to clear yeah, clear, you are, clear that up. And so Boone, the reason reason I like talking about Boone so much is because he wasn't he wasn't interested in politics. He was only interested in pretty much the things I'm interested in, which is finding new places to go, yeah. being a pioneer, being an outdoorsman, and he refers to himself as a woodsman. That's exactly right. And uh uh a woodsman back then, everybody who walked in the woods weren't woodsmen. Right. Um, he, uh, I, I think he was, uh, it was in his psyche to be that it, uh, the explorer that he was. It was it was a part of who he was and his makeup to hunt. He did. He told his daddy he didn't he didn't want to farm, uh, and. Uh, that he was going to have, the other alternative was to get out and get skins and make your living there. And it made it, I'm sure it made it difficult on his marriage from time to time. He married a amazing, amazing woman, which we probably will get to in this conversation. But um, uh, he was, uh, and he was the type person that, he, you know, just from what I can tell, he pretty much minded his own business, mm -hmm. and uh, he didn't fight, start fights with people. He might have had a few fisticuffs when he was young, but he, his personality, uh, that comes out in in little ways and big ways, he was just somebody I'll give anything to know. Right. I, if I could go back, he'd be one on my list. That I, yeah. Oh man. If I could get a time machine and pick two or three people yeah. from the past to meet, he'd be on the list. So yeah. let's talk about why we're as Three Rivers Land Trust and a regional land trust that's focusing on the Central Piedmont of North Carolina. Why we're talking about Boone? He wasn't born here, but let's right. talk about from the beginning why, kind of quick synopsis of where he's from and then why okay. we locally are talking about him here in our own backyard. <clears throat> yeah, tell how he got, tell us real quick how he got here and then let's talk a bunch about okay. he here. Well, his his daddy and mama, or the family lived in uh, Pennsylvania. They were Quakers. And probably the motivating factor, he had two children, uh, two of his, uh, I can't remember how many children his mom and daddy had, but who, you know, then you couldn't marry outside the church, Quaker church, and uh, uh, two of his children did. And when that happens, they hold the parents responsible, mm -hmm. particularly the father. So, make it simple, uh, he was a craftsman, 
part gunsmith, part probably what we would call, uh, he worked with metal, uh, if you want to call that a, I don't, never heard about him putting shoes on a horse, but he probably did, <clears throat> but primarily made tools and things like that. And he just, he just up in 1749 and came down here with Daniel and a young man named Miller who's, who's, was a good friend, his dad was a good friend of, of Dan, uh, uh, Squire Boone and had died. And this young man was the same age as, as Daniel, the two of them, and uh, one of his daughters, one of his brothers, and himself. And they came down and scouted, which was the natural way that people did at the time. Mm -hmm. You want to, you know, if you're going to move to Salisbury, you're going to come up here and look for look a house. Yeah. yeah, you're going to do that. And then the next year, and none, none of this was verified. Uh, uh, well, anyway, I'll get to that. Uh, and, and then that next year, probably, I don't know, we'll just say 20 family members came down here. In the summer of 1750? Uh, that's, or, or the fall. Uh, uh, usually they like to travel in the fall. But they came down in 1750, and they settled which was always so controversial when I was growing up, they settled out here on the east side of the river at what we call now uh, Boone's Cave Park. In Davidson County. In Davidson County, uh, right. And they stayed there uh, for, I believe, two to three years. You can't quite tell. They stayed there two to three years. Uh, like I say, Daniel was 15. Uh, the Miller boy was 15. Interestingly enough, can you imagine at your age, I mean, at their age, they, you know, they hunted all the time. And they took their skins to Philadelphia. I mean, I can imagine letting my kids get on a horse. And, but anyway, and they went up there and they sold their skins. And, uh, but the Miller boy, uh, uh, they were, he was close family friend and, and Daniel and them for a long part of the middle part of their lives, they didn't see each other, but they had a reunion later on in their life. And uh, but those, he was up here three years, and then he went back to Pennsylvania. Uh, Daniel uh, hunted here. Obviously, I mean it was obviously a passion. You don't have to read much. Right now, what I've just told you, if you would have gone back fifteen years, let's say. Uh, there would have been no, and somebody said, well, prove it. it. It was still hearsay. In fact, the state of North Carolina pretty much, uh, when I first started this little venture, I called a, a, a fellow down there that I knew, and I asked him about it. I said, would you send me the Boone file? <laughs> and he sends me a... a, a about that much it's in the file and basically what's, what, what is that about a half inch yeah about a half inch and uh, uh half inch stack and and when he after he sent it you know uh i realized the majority of that was a were was a a uh copy of the minutes of a meeting in 19 is either 62 or 63 where unknown color look at there we got a phone call oh He's a busy man. <laughs> and so, did I mess up? No, no, oh, you're still good. We're still so, good. so, I finally get it in the mail, and basically what it is was a hearing. It's 62 pages of a hearing where a bunch of old guys uh, went down there, and uh, they were told by the state that the park, it was owned by the state at that time, Daniel Boone uh, Park, was of no significant uh, historical value, and that they didn't think he was there, and that that basically nobody knew where he was much, that he was just everywhere. Uh, and, you know, I'm sorry, but, but and of course it was before the computer time, 
So I gave them a break there. But, uh, and then what happened was they eventually gave the park, I believe gave it, or the county bought it, I can't remember, probably six, seven, eight years later. So it's now in the hands of uh, Davidson County. Now, in between time, some people did research. I didn't do research, start doing real research until uh, probably 10 years ago. So when you do research, you know what you do? It's real simple. You find somebody that knows more than you do. <laughs> that's uh, what that's I did. Why we, yeah, that's why we have you on. Uh, well, well, I guess yeah. you call this research. But, <laughs> but it, and, and, and sometimes there'll be a doctor in a university. Sometimes it will be somebody, uh, in my case, it was a retired engineer who was 82 years old, or a little younger, in, in Missouri named Ken Camper. So really everything I'm going to be telling you or have told you, I have learned from Ken. It has not been my, uh, uh, I, I trust his work. Uh, uh, he is, being an engineer, he's very detailed. He doesn't accept things just because somebody says it. He has searched the Draper papers ad nauseum and other research, and and uh, so uh, we have become. Uh, first time I called him, I called him. I thought this guy's Midwest, you know. He ain't gonna be like the Southern boy, and, <laughs> and just hey, Bubba, yeah. you know. And so I called him. I said, Mr. Camper, my name's Sim Delap. I'm in Davidson County, North Carolina, and I have one question. He said, Okay. I said, Have you ever come across any research? that indicated that the first place that Boone, Squire Boone and family settled in North Carolina. And he hesitated a second. He said, yes, but I'm going to have to check my library. He said, I know I'll run into it. But that was the big question because that had always been the battle. Mm -hmm. Everybody said, well, you know, he, he ain't got proof. So, so uh, anyway. So that's started a marvelous friendship. He's about 88 now, and uh, we talk about it every week. And uh, his wife just got out of the hospital, and so that your know, friendship comes together. But I'm too lazy to go to Missouri. I was and about I, to say, I'd give anything. I'd give anything to go, but <laughs> I, I just I just haven't yet. But I now go ahead with questions. Well, I want to go backwards just a second and describe Boone's Cave State Park. Well, what was State Park, now County Park. Um, the site is right on the bank of the Yakin River, just above a property, just upstream of the Point property that we talk about all the time. Exactly. Um, that we have conserved. Right. The, the likelihood that Boone traipsed up and down the river is so high, I can't even yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, um, being over on that on y'all's property. Exactly. That's probably, I mean, there's no way in the world you could say he wasn't there. And they would have had neighbors, you know, oh, yeah. that far that they would have come and visited and, and done Christmas and that kind of thing, or whatever, you know. Think, not same not thing. that many neighbors. But there would have been, there would have definitely there been have folks been settled on the property yeah. we had. I yeah. mean, it, it's documented there were folks there in the 1700s. Yeah. But... What uh, what I want to describe about this place is is there's an actual cave at, at Boone's Cave. It's an actual cave. It's a hole in a big rock on the side of the riverbank that you can go visit and walk inside of and, and see. And then up, up at the top of the hill in the upland area, there's reconstruction of what their cabins might have looked like and their outbuildings and things um, that you can go actually visit and see. Um, so that's, that's what that place is about. So plus, it's, it. plus, if you notice, down below the cave, you got bedrock. Mm -hmm. All the way to the river. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, and, and anybody who pays any attention, you know the value of bedrock to people like that, where if they were going up and down the river, they would. that was always a place that they could uh, enter or, or um, uh, get, you know, return. Whatever. Yeah, it was a good place. To, yeah, it was just a good boat, place. You know, it still is. Um, so that, and good access, good river access there, good way to get up and down the bank. Right. So, yeah, they, uh, it's obviously a home site for sure. I've got a question. I'm, I'm going to kind of periodically step in and ask things that I've heard 
I guess, secondary sources of okay. stories that I've heard about Boone, and I want you to verify and tell me I'll if they're try, real I'll try. I'll try, or I'll find out for you if I don't know. So his wife, the gal that he ended up marrying, is from around here. And she, they came down from Pennsylvania. They came too. down from Pennsylvania as well, and that he went over there um, when he was trying to court her and took a deer to her house after a hunting trip. Is that true? I've I've never. Uh, there is a story about firelighting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That I don't know that anybody can verify. There's a story about the fact that to find out. Uh, what kind of temperament she had, he took his knife and cut her dress to see whether she would get mad or not. <laughs> that's one that's one way to do it. Yeah. But I don't I don't know that I don't know there's also that rumor that you run into, and we might as well deal with that now, that when when uh he was out in Kentucky for two years that uh they had a child by his brother. I did. I've heard that as well. That and I, I want to settle that right now. Uh, if you take, you know, if you want to figure out something like that, what you do, you figure out where he was within the nine-month period and and where she was. Well, I can just tell you, you can rest on that. That didn't happen. Oh, really? Now, uh, there was a, during the French and Indian War, uh, but let's just say 99 and 90, uh, 99%, we know that they were together at the point of pregnancy. But you know how people are. Even back then, they want to, you want to, you know, juicy spice it yeah, or it's something. It's a good story. <laughs> yeah. And that his brother, who was named Nitty, uh, evidently looked somewhat like him. So it was just an assumption. But there were there have always been people that like to do things like that, and we got them today. Uh, another one was that one of Boone's, I guess Boone's primary uh, missions and things that he hated was debt. Was what? Debt. Being, getting out of and well, staying out of debt. You so, know, you know that's interesting because you always hear this, and in, in, in here in Salisbury, uh, uh, the, the lawyer, I can't think of his name now, but uh, he had debt. Uh, and you can understand. I mean, here he was. He made his living with skins, mm -hmm. primarily, not almost entirely. Uh, and to make skins, he had to bankroll himself. So, you know, if he was going to go out to Kentucky or Tennessee or whatever, he had to buy the supplies he needed to make, get the skins to make the money. So... There was some debt, but Ken Camper, my friend, and there's a lot written about, oh, Boone owed everybody. Uh, but uh, Ken Camper, uh, his research shows that uh, one fact, by the, by the time he died, he had paid everything off. Yeah, that's one, that's one rumor that I He had paid everything off, and he also, uh, the, there was a, discussion about the fact that there were a lot of lawsuits, debt suits that were open, and, and he, he went in and checked that, and they were all settled or paid off. So he didn't leave North Carolina owing everybody. Yeah. If he did, he, 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 had, a, he had a desire to. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so no credit cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not then. Uh, so try to figure out how I want to go. So there's a whole bunch of stuff I want to ask. First Good. thing, I guess, is the dates. So they came down in 49 and right. scouted out the area. Um, 15, Davidson he's County, 15 years old. Davidson County, da Davy Rowan area right here. Right. And decided, well, this is where we're going to move to. Right. And then went back and then late summer, fall of 50, came down with a family group of 20-some people. Yeah. Probably. And they settled at Boone's Cave at first. Um, that would have been That's in correct. the wintertime of 50. And so, then... I, I think it's the wintertime, yeah. 51, Boone and his buddy, the, the young Miller man, 
they were trapping and, and hunting and fishing and decided they were going to sell skins. Took a trip to Pennsylvania. 51 uh, or 52, I'm not sh absolutely sure uh, about that. And they came back. They, they came, came back right. here. And they were here up until 53. Is that? They were, uh, they were as best we can tell, uh, they were there. And they squatted. Mm -hmm, See, yep. there's no deed and that's what and that's what uh, I was so many about. yeah so many people uh that's where it's awful easy for the say well they didn't own any land well that's where mr camper came and uh he called me one day and he said I i've got i've got he had sent me 13 pages of Draper letters, excerpts from Draper letters that made reference to the fact that there, Boone's Cave Park, that Boone's Ford mm -hmm. was in existence. All right, most of them were in the uh, 1840s, 50s, 60s, 70s. So I wasn't quite satisfied with that. So, uh, so anyway, finally, uh, he sends me a copy of a plat, not a deed, but a plat. And uh, the plat said, it was uh, a Mr. Carter, and I can't remember the, the other surveyor, but Mr. Carter was a very prominent person like me. Squire Boone was in Rowan County, and they, you know, were collected to whatever. But anyway... Mr. Carter, another guy, came down to survey a track from a, a totally different party. And so the document says, uh, the description is not, their description is then or how you found the place, not uh, what the lines are uh, mm -hmm. close to your neighbor, because, I mean, it, it wasn't a lot of people there. So what he did, what they did, he said that they, they were on the east side of the river, the two surveyors were. They followed a trail uh, and went over the ford at, uh, golly, the creek. It'll come to me, but it's in Davidson County, a well-known creek. It'll come to me in probably five minutes. All right. And then, uh, and they said they followed a path down to Squire Boone's. So that puts them on the east side of the river and was the first documented evidence to show that they were at the cave. Mm -hmm. at but you side. don't find anything, I haven't found anything where they even mentioned the cave. Mm -hmm. If you go looking, trying to, uh, uh, you, I've never found, and as far as I know, Mr. Camper has never found any reference to the cave. Now, I'm sure they used it for shelter probably the first year. Yeah, shelter and, and uh, then probably right, food storage right. afterwards. And uh, uh, the retired uh, uh, archaeologist from Salem, uh, he asked me if it had ever been... Ex or, you know, archaeologist dig, dug. Right. Mm -hmm. And as far as I knew not, he said, well, that's, a, that's an absolute shame. Well, probably not professionally. I would say amateurs, he had some amateurs have been digging it for Bubba, years. Bubba's been in there. Yeah, we amateurs know that. have been digging it and, for years. Uh, uh, so go ahead with what you're doing. Uh, well, that brings up what I want, what I was going to say, but I think now is a good time to set the concrete evidence of they, the Boone family was 100% for sure here, and they're still here in Moxie. That's correct. Uh, That's correct. And they're, they're, you know, he had, he had, he had, they had 10 children, uh, and I figured out one time how many children his children had, mm -hmm. and it was, they all had 10 children. Yeah. So he, you know, they got booms everywhere. Right, right. Uh, so anyway, go ahead. So the concrete evidence is in Moxville. Um, Boone's parents are buried there. That's Squire correct. Boone. And I don't think anybody questions that. Yeah, nobody's questioned that. I mean, there's there's concrete evidence that that he was that his family was here, and then 
I don't I can't imagine why someone would question that he was not here being that the time frame when they came here was 1750 and he was 15 now granted back then a 15 year old was pretty much a grown man in today's circumstances more so than more so than I, I will tell you this the, the, the one of one of the problems is this what I just told you was about what the family did mm-hmm. when I was growing up it was Boone's cave that meant one man uh-huh. living out on yeah, that the was river. a story everybody liked to tell. Yeah, just one man. But it was, it, you know, they were probably, if the truth or known, and I hope maybe we, research can be done, there was probably 10 or 12 uh, cabins or mm-hmm. whatever there because, you know, they built something. There could have been some across the uh, river right there. In fact, there is some documentation about the fact that Daniel and the Miller boy, I believe he was involved, they went across the river, across the river at at the ford, and built a blockhouse. A you know not a huge, but a a blockhouse, like some families did, in case of in case of uh, Indians or whatever, they could go get in that blockhouse mm-hmm. and and have the little port portholes and everything like that. So that would be interesting one of these days. Uh, the gas company owns that right away, and uh, but it'd be interesting to do some research see if there, there's ruins of. It would be. Uh, yeah. Certainly so would be. So my next question is: Now that we've kind of discussed his connection to our region, um, you hear all these stories about Boone, and obviously you admire the man, as does Cody, and as do I. But you hear all the stories about him as a person and the things that he did. Um, what are some of your favorite Boone stories that are verifiably true that you know that, you know, when you're talking about Boone, we can be more educated instead of passing on hearsay? What makes him the hero that we yeah. that we make him out to be? Well, I, th- I think uh, you, you mentioned Woodsman. All right. When uh, in uh, 17... 67 he left uh, his house that he and I, I'm jumping where he lived but he they were on Dutchman's Creek and, and then they were on uh, uh, Sugar Tree Creek and uh, he uh, they decided to go up the river so you still got the river, see, following that river. And so they go up to what is now Wilkes County, uh, which was at the time was called Mulberry Tree, Mulberry Tree uh, Road, because the mulberry trees were where Wilkesboro and North Wilkesboro are today. And uh, so they went up there and they settled and they were t- uh, two cabins. They had a problem with with uh, Beaver Dam, I think it one of them, and then so they built another one, uh, or a third one. One of them is under the Kerscott Reservoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they stayed up there for, uh, they had been up there about, well, let's just say in 67, in uh, they were up there, and then I believe in 69, if I get these dates wrong, I'll, I'll kick myself when I get home. In 69, here comes this guy that he met during the French and Indian War. He was a wagoneer in the uh, French and Indian War, and the guy was basically a tra- uh, you know, traded with the Indians, this type of stuff. And the guy comes up and says, You're, I need a woodsman. Mm-hmm. I want to go out and trade with the Indians west of here. And I'm not a woodsman. And so, uh, 69, May 1, 1769, they leave from Wills County. There was, I think, five or six. One was his brother-in-law, Stuart. And uh, the party was about five or six, maybe seven people total. And... He pretty much stayed gone for two years. 
uh, he got out there, and they... Is this Kentucky that he went yeah, to? Yeah, they were going... It was... The Indians called it Kentucky. It was not, obviously not a state. Mm-hmm. But they were looking for good ground. And once you got across the Smokies, there was a time when they, according to what was told, where they found a place and they could look pretty good distance. And what we call bluegrass today was evident to them. And it, the mountains settled out, and then you got whatever. Yeah, it was huge, huge uh, eastern prairies then, much like the coal mine reclamation sites look now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and it was it was obvious to them, and uh, the guy who who had come and said it's there, uh, he he uh, he left, and uh, and some some of the other guys wanted to go back home, uh, and then Daniel and his brother-in-law wanted to make the trip pay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean. You know, they probably had borrowed money to to get powder and uh, lead and all that type of stuff. So they stayed out there, and then uh, there were some events that happened. Uh, I'm trying to think of the age, but his 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 brother-in-law and he and let me tell you, when you went off with people, you didn't go with just anybody. Right. At least you had. A couple people that you tr- absolutely trusted, because if you said what they would do, they'd say, you know, they'd have a camp and they'd say, uh, all right, uh, you go up the left side of the river to where it, t- it turned, and then work your way back. And I'm assuming they had a horse probably to carry skins, and and then the other one would go in another direction, and they'd say, okay, we're gonna meet on such and such a day. Well, that's what he did, and his, and his brother-in-law didn't show up. They found him five years later, his his uh, skeleton in a hollow tree, with his powder horn. Trying to load, huh? Like he was trying to reload. Well, uh, they think what happened. He was probably wounded and hid in the from the Indians in the thing, which are primarily Shawnee, uh, some Cherokee in that general area, but primarily Shawnee. So, uh, what you've got is uh, uh, the first entry. He was not the first white man to go to Kentucky. There were a lot of long hunters, but that's where I think character comes in. You ain't gonna take a trip and let somebody guide you unless you trust So he started and had a desire for people to see. And people begin to come to him, and in '72, and, uh, and uh, later on, he took some fairly large groups over there, and uh, uh, through the Cumberland Gap, and uh, the rest is, is all history. That's <laughs> <laughs> what but, they say. But he uh, about Kentucky. Kentucky now, and the game and everything that was there is a lot different than it was then. Um, and they were hunting in terms of pelts that they were taking. They were taking elk. Buffalo, bison, yeah, yeah. Uh, bears, bears, lots of bears. Um. He tells a story about bear. Uh, well, for one thing, Bear Creek on the other side of Moxville has always been this legend that he killed a hundred bears mm-hmm. one year. Uh, his daddy owned. His daddy got two tracts of land. One is uh, uh, there on Dutchman's Creek. The other one was over there on Bear Creek. So supposedly the Bear Creek got its name because Boone, I don't think I verified this, but Boone supposedly in those years killed up to 100 bear. And uh, people don't understand, you know, they, now we can't, we can't understand uh, why people killed 100 bear. Uh, but it was survival. And I can understand not, it back then. They didn't have the beef that we have today. Well, and rich and fat. And and good gosh, the you could either go to you could go to Charleston or you could go. Uh, uh, there's another place in South Carolina to sell your hides. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course the old 
uh, what reason we call it, one buck, a buck. Uh, but he made his living and he'd come back and pay his debts. If he, and, if, and then what would happen so often would be uh, the Cherokees and the Shawnee too would, uh, they know who's in their neighborhood. Right. Right. And so uh, they would, uh, he recounts that, uh, you know, they'd show up and grin as if you'd done our work for us. Mm hmm. And uh, here's a little bit of one time they gave him an old musket and, and a little bit of powder so that they could get back home. And they took all their skins and said, "Don't come back, or the bees will sting you." Right. Mm. So, so they were, they were, uh, they at first the Indians weren't uh, uh, just out for scalps. So when the English came in, when the scalp things. Well, it's all white people started the, that whole thing to begin with. The scalps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just it's fascinating to think that he, he made all those trips and that's what what makes him such a hero is he kind of started the whole idea of traveling west and guiding folks westward and westward expansion and they the, wanted him to they and the, he was the he was the guy safe. who had, he had made the trip once yeah and after he made that trip one time successfully even though his brother-in-law did not he was able to continue doing that trip and every time it got better and every time he took more folks and before you know it, he was the guy you went to if you were planning on going west and, and settling down. Or and and there was a uh, when I started into this thing, I wondered why there wasn't more about the Boones uh, uh, or about Boone. And uh, and then I realized something: there was, he married a Brian, mm -hmm. Rebecca Brian. Her daddy was uh, uh, golly. I can't think, but he was one of the brothers of Morgan Bryan Sr., who brought a group, brought his family down here. He was sort of real, in the real estate business. He'd done that up in Pennsylvania. So, you know, they come down. The Boones came down the next year, and uh, they were real close to the Bryans. And he married Rebecca. And uh, her daddy uh, uh, was... Uh, wasn't an out and about hunter and stuff like that. He was a little bit older, and you know he invested in land. And so when they moved from when they after they got married, and they were living with his mom and daddy, Boone's mom and daddy, they moved up to Sugar Tree Creek and uh, squatted there. So one of the no proof, but we think what it was, he squatted on the, the land on Rainbow Road. He squatted there because his father-in-law owned the land. But we haven't found a deed yet. Uh, so, uh, but there was a, you know, there's some little things when he was young maybe, but, but his personality, the more you study him, you realize why did people want him to lead them? They trusted him. Uh, he wasn't in every bar and tavern mm -hmm. raising cane. I beat up everybody. He was he was driven. He was driven. So how old how old would he have been when he took his first group west to Kentucky? Uh, probably. Talking about exactly. You can't see him, but we're looking at a, a the most mind-blowing list of dates on Daniel Boone. <laughs> speaking you, speaking of a quarter-inch thick. Uh, yeah, Mr. Camper, Miss Camp, Mr. Camper uh, did all these for me. That shows you how detailed. Uh, let me get over here. And while you're looking at that, just let me just interrupt me whenever you get to it. No, I'm I'm. Uh, I can tell you, it was, uh, uh, he went out in 71. 71. And then he, with the, with the group. But he took, uh, he took some out in, uh, 
So that's 36 years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, let me uh, He would have been in his early 20s the first trip he took out there. Yeah. But yeah. those trips, those trips out west taking people didn't come without heartbreak either because his... Oh, absolutely It also not. lasted, a trip was two years. Yeah, but his son passed away on one of those trips out west at the hands of Native Americans. It was it was basically uh, mid to late seventies, mm-hmm. uh, maybe seventy three, uh, uh, you know, and then like I say, you, the Cumberland Gap deal and uh, everything, and you know, and then people would ask him. Then he uh, later on, they asked him to uh, cut a trail. He was the one you could ask anybody in that time. He was the one. Who, who led the party of 30 guys who cut a trail from uh, uh, sort of the top up there where the Virginia meets uh, uh, in Kentucky across to the Cumberland Gap, which was like building a highway, you know. Mm-hmm. Was that contracted by the federal government? No, no. I think it was like, uh, I think maybe the governor maybe did that. But uh, it was bankrolled by the first. Well, hey, I said federal government, but if that's in, I mean, was that the mid seventies? Yeah, there wouldn't have been a federal. Yeah, there wouldn't have been a federal during the war, and I can. Uh, uh, the fur company bankrolled much of his trailblazing because sure. that, that was who he was taking was yeah fur fur trappers and the fur company. He was their guy taking them into new areas to trap. Sure. And as they were trapping, well, out you area, know, they, they were, were buddies. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They and were he buddies. He was getting paid by them too. Yeah. Not just yeah. A guy, but he was a trapper too. Sure. Um, but that, and that's what built the whole country. As far as going west, mm-hmm. the reason people went west was not initially to go farming. The first people to go there were trappers. Yeah. Long hunters is what mm-hmm. they call it. I mean, and that, and that, it's, it, I, I will tell you, I try to make it quick, but they, their work was seasonal. All right. Mm-hmm. What you had, summertime, you had the deer were red-coated, mm-hmm. all right? There was a certain amount of worth in that, all right? In the fall comes the rut, all right? In the, in the winter, they trapped till early spring. And then I'm going to tell you something that I think is, says a lot about him, because you know he was gone a lot, all right? When, when the sap rose, and it started right out here at uh, uh, on Rain Bay Road, Rain, uh, 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 golly. We keep talking about Rainbow Road. Can you tell us just regionally where that is so that people know where it is? Yeah. Just, just outside of Moxville. Yeah. It's uh, in, the, in the land out there. Davy County. Yeah. The, the land out there is going to be... Under easement, finalized. Sure, land trust has helped help do, but uh, sugar. They moved up on Sugar Tree Creek. That's what I was trying to say. So, I read in this stuff about later in life, later in life, when they were out in even Missouri. The seat. His schedule was hunt the, the, the get the redskins hunt the rut, trap, and then come home to mama. Well, he's coming back and forth, but they made sugar. And I think, but I don't know, we got Sugar Tree Creek up here. They were young. They were Mm -hmm. young when they were up there. Sugar Tree Creek means that there were maples on it. And that's an assumption on my part. But I think the making sugar tradition that lasted the rest of their lives, that was their, Rebecca and Daniel's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of us that are married, you know, we make time sometimes. We have to have, but that's what they would do. They would make sugar in the early spring. And then, of course, when summer came, and, and he, then the cycle started again. But they never miss that making sugar. So he'd come home to her, and that was. He'd come thing. home. He'd come home, uh, uh, and they would, uh, uh, you know, hard winter. 
you might be trying to hunt, but you know it's hard. You're not going to find, well, maybe back there. Then it did, but the deer get scarce this time of year. Uh, and uh, so, but that was the, the Sugar Tree Creek. And I will tell you that when I, when I was trying my best to find, because the, you can find local legends. So for instance, they lived with his mom and daddy. Uh, they got married, 59, they moved up the Sugar Tree Creek. All right. Uh, where did they live? That's a long creek. So the tradition says in Davy County that they lived up there uh, at a certain place. And so I, I, I went up there for two years to talk to a gentleman, just a plain old good old guy, uh, who, who interestingly enough wanted his, uh, wanted, uh, had a place that his parents and grandparents said was where the boom cabin was. And he want, he didn't want to sell any of his land. He wanted his lands preserved. And uh, well, like we do now. <laughs> well, and, and that's exactly what happened. And I had just finished uh, during the time that I was with the Farmland Preservation Trust Fund. I could sort of guide him, but I couldn't actively get involved in the situation. I didn't feel like, and. Uh, uh, turned up a job but anyway to cut the, the it's now and it's going to be under easement and I went after doing research with Mr. Camper I said how, how, how do we know how do we know exactly and uh, so he uh, texted me one day and he said I have a document here that said he lived at uh, Sugar Tree Creek at White Ford Creek. So you got a location now. White mm -hmm. Ford Creek. White Ford Creek. So I go over to see the gentleman that owns the property. And uh, I said, What is the name? I didn't tell him. All right. I said, hey, is this, if this is White Ford Creek, that's the place. I just said, Tell me, do you have any idea what the name is of that little creek that comes in there? He said, well, to tell you the truth, he said, you know, it's not even on the maps anymore. And said, my mom and daddy uh, knew, and he said, there's not even, there's one guy besides myself that knows what the name of that creek is. I said, what is it? He said, White Ford Creek. Of course, I jumped up and down. Yeah, because uh, he didn't know why you were even asking. No, he didn't know why yep. I even asked, so it wasn't like it was a prejudiced response. Mm, sure. So, so, uh, uh, that's that's where they were, and five of the kids, five of the kids were born there. Uh, so when you're standing in that area, I imagine he and James Bryan coming in, coming in with their horses one late one evening, and uh, and the front yard is probably dirt, mm -hmm. and they've got that cabin there. And Rebecca comes out, and the kids are excited, running up. And let's tell you who was there: five of the ten children. And they adopted when Daniel's brother died of TB. They adopted his, I believe, three children. All right, huh. and then his. Uh, Rebecca's, uh, wait a minute, let me get this right. Rebecca's uncle, his wife died in childbirth, mm. and there were five kids. <laughs> yep. And they adopted those kids. And we're up thir no, we're up twelve. Yeah. The not not yeah. Count theirs. All right, she's taking. But but and I think how in the world I counted that there was like eighteen kids they took she took to to Kentucky the second time. Unreal. I but I, I it's think hard enough traveling with one. one I, I know. <laughs> yeah. 
But I think, I think, and they were spread out in age, but I think what it was is if you were family, you were family. Yeah. Yep. Making time for hunting's hard with with one son. Well, he, well yeah. Well, he was, what he was, he was, he would be gone and it would, and then James Bryan, who, who was the daddy of five of them, uh, I'm sure was there when you plant gardens and you, you do things. So it almost helped the family unit James to see here and my kids, Rebecca, if you and probably some others will take care of them when I'm gone and this type thing. But uh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful thing. That's what you do. They were definitely all about their family. They were all about their families and because they were gone hunting was because, not because they were out in the bar or somewhere drinking and chasing the women, they were out there trying to make a living. Uh, he, the older he got, you begin to see when you study him, the gentleness he did not want. You know, he didn't. When the man wrote the book about him, he wasn't wanting a lot of attention. He just moved away from attention. Now that's my kind of guy. My kind of guy. Let me. Uh, that's a little difference between him and Crockett, I guess. Crockett liked uh, the attention. I yeah. He was, well, yeah, he. Uh, the, the whole difference between him and Crockett was Crockett was a good, he was a big time public figure and Daniel Boone didn't really want to be that. He didn't want to be that, um, but he was willing to lead people. He was willing to help and I, I want to, so, 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 so Boone, Boone kind of led by example and Crockett kind of led with his mouth a little bit. And both, like he, and Crockett he, had some great feats. I think yeah, both of them, right. He, had, yeah. he was a hero in his own right, for sure, yeah. but he, uh, he definitely promoted himself and he had a buddy Crockett had a traveling buddy who wrote a dime store novel about him that just made him that much more famous. And, it, and, and the that, same thing happened with Boone, they, the guy wrote the book. Uh-huh. But if you're sitting in a room with the two men, uh, Boone would probably be sitting in the corner not saying anything. And I think Crockett would drink him under the table. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't even know that Boone... Uh, used alcohol. Uh, it does. You can't show. It doesn't show up in the. Yeah, record. I mean you don't. But I, Boone would have sat there and somebody asked him a question. Crockett would be telling you. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I want to. So we've talked a whole lot about Kim Ken Camper, your your good friend Ken mm-hmm. Camper. So I want to give him credit that we're referencing. Please do. We're referencing. Um, this is just a condensed version of his research paper, a timeline of Daniel Boone's life. Really, it's going to be. This is super a book. It's, it's going to be a book and self printed. And when we when we find out when it's coming out, we're going to let you know, and we're all going to have I, I, a copy. That's, that's exactly right. And and it's going to be great. But I want to hit a couple of the highlights. So he's got a section in here that says part two, and it's it's titled North Carolina, and it's twenty three years of of Boone history, starting in seventeen fifty when they moved here, and then you know the next three four years, Daniel Boone's exploring. He's helping his dad. He's farming a little bit, but he's mostly hunting, exploring, yeah. running around the Yakin River. Um, and then just like we talked about, he gets, Squire was granted two 640-acre tracks. Right, um, I didn't and, mention that, I'm Well, sorry. we talked about where they were, though. Yeah. You, yeah. Ta- you, sa- you said where they were. Um, and then from there, he, he goes on to do the fur trade. He takes fur up to Pennsylvania. He comes back down, and let's see, in 56, he married Rebecca. Right. Um, and then they made their home at Sugar Tree Creek. Like right, about, about. 50, about 59. And then in 59, um, Boone's parents, Squire and Sarah, they sell their track on Bear Creek and give Squire Jr. their Dutchman Creek track. So they gave each of the boys, each of the boys got a track to land. Oh, now, hey, uh, does it say Bear Creek or does it say Dutchman? It says Daniel, they sold Daniel their track on Bear Creek. Okay, right. And, and he, he everybody, it. see, if you go out there now, on the other side of uh, Moxville, you'll see a sign here say, uh, Daniel Boone, uh, this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's a marker he, there. He did not. He did not live on. He didn't Boone. live there. He hunted it, yep. but he he did not live there. But uh, some of his brothers lived there. Yep, and, and he doesn't even say in here that he lived there. It says he owned. He was sold the track. And he was get, He was sold yep. or given that track. Right. And then his brother Squire, who was a heck of a man in his own right, mm-hmm. he was younger. He he uh, got the the uh, land. Six hundred acres on uh, Dutchman's. He was extremely smart, Squire Junior. He was he was a very mechanically minded. He was a he preacher. Built, he built guns. He was a yeah, preacher. Yeah, um, You know, just learned a, it from just his an daddy. Inventor. Yeah, he Pre- was preacher that built guns on the side. 
Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the kind of preacher yeah. you want. You're going to live. That's um, right. That is the kind of preacher you want. And then, so Daniel was, you know, we talked about him being a, working with the fur trade from 62 through 65. He was, he was pretty much a market hunter. He was selling fur. Yeah. Um, and then, this is all him coming back and forth from North Carolina, Kentucky, Pennsylvania. Virginia. That's a good point. Uh, all this, so this is over the span of 23 years. And then the last thing in 1773 that documents kind of North Carolina is when they're leaving the North Carolina-Virginia line, Wilkes, Wilkes County area, traveling to Kentucky. And that's where you're talking about his son was killed along with about five other fellows. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, and was, that was, they were taking a group, and you correct me if I'm wrong, this is what I know that's, about it. Well, you might tell me something I don't know. They were taking a group. Yeah. Uh, up, including family, and his son and the five that were traveling with them were traveling behind the main right. party with the cattle. Well, with the cattle, um, and were attacked and tortured pretty brutally um, by Native Americans. And then when they didn't catch up, Boone was the one that had to go back there and eventually found them. Found found a pretty horrific scene. They pulled his fingernails out. Yeah, pulled his fingernails oh, out. You know, all all those. And it Terrible. apparently bothered him a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. Because he went on a long hiatus where he didn't do a whole lot of going off for a little bit. Yeah, he went back. The, the f- interesting thing, too, that is the fact that North Carolina, particularly for the women, it was home. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was home. And when... when uh, uh, we hadn't talked much about the Bryans. Uh, i got to make the statement. He, if you want to learn about Boones, study the Bryans. Right. It, the Boones didn't record like the Bryans did. Right. All right. That's right. So, so you get, and that's, I think, the mistake that a lot of people have made. But the point is that the Bryans, uh, uh, the Bryans were a little wealthier family. Oh, to yeah. Begin, and that's yeah. why they had yeah. better Very docu- much so. Very much so. Very Squire much so. was a, Virtually a sharecropper uh, uh, before he traveled. I mean, he didn't. They didn't have a ton of means, but the brides, him being in real estate, he was fairly well to do. Darn right he was. And so that's how come the documentation right was. Is and so and bought land all the way up to uh, all the way up to Wilkes County mm-hmm. and Stokes County and all this type stuff. And well, uh, I've got a as bad as I hate to do it. I've got a meeting I've got to get to that I've double booked by accident, but it's for a good cause. I'm going to go meet another smart fella from Wake Forest and talk to him about Daniel Boone, too. So well, You're going to what, Wake Forest? Well, I'm meeting him. I'm meeting him up here at the point. Okay. We, got we want to conclude. I want you and Sam to finish finish out a little bit more of Daniel Boone's okay. life All right, I'm we gone. can do that. If you want to, or we can stop now. I'll do whatever you want me to do. We're good. Let's go ahead and close it down. That way okay. we can all, all right. end of the good spot. Well, look, we're if going you to have ever Sam want to have a second. We're going to do part two, and in part two we're going to talk about we don't have as near as much research as we do on Boone, or as Sim does on. But I say we like I'm in, in part of this. I'm just interested in it. I didn't have anything to do with looking it up. But I want to talk a little bit about the potential of Kit Carson also having a footprint yeah. in our area, who is another iconic frontiersman, mountain man. You know, That's exactly woodsman. right. That's exactly right. And and I'll tell you this too. Uh, there might be a little time for. Uh, as you probably know, when the revolution started, Davy County was it was a heck of a place to live. I mean, you had people who didn't want war, and you had people who wanted the small farmers who basically said, you know, you won't even let us hunt on your land right. to feed our families, and and there was a lot. That happened here, close, very close to us. We're in a, and we might uh, might have a little bit of time on that. And there's one there's one final point that I want to make too, which is we, the land trust, Three Rivers Land Trust, we're interested in this and we're involved in this because not only is it an interesting story and it's somebody Boone, somebody that we admire, but when we conserve places and do the job that we're doing. We're conserving wildlife habitat. We're conserving places that have clean water implications. But there's also a part in our mission statement that says historic places. And when we can tie all those together, wildlife habitat, clean water implications, and historic places like we've done at Fort York, like we've done at the Point property, um, like we're doing up there um, at Boone's home site, uh, that's kind of the holy grail of conservation and 
I think so, yeah. And I think it's uh, just a really cool thing that we get to be a part of protecting places that have such historical significance. And there are other... Th- this... Davy, uh, uh, the Fort City Atkin and Old Rowan is an extraordinarily historic area. Oh, it's a it was hub. the platform, and I grew up all my life, lived here all my life, and not one in a thousand has any idea of what a magnificent historical area that we live in. Don't we live in such a good place? We live, huh? we live in a good place. Man, we? we do. Yeah. We do. But but uh, but hopefully if we can get that word going, whether it be Roanne, Davy, or Davidson, uh, it was uh, it was amazing in the in the growth of the nation and what took place here. And uh, so anyway. Well, maybe this will be a start, getting the word out a little absolute, bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Stay absolutely. tuned for part two. Sam, I can't thank you enough for being here. It is my pleasure. Enlightening I am at your service. Y'all are uh, two of the best I know anywhere. Right back at you. Right. And, I, and, and, and the wonderful thing is to see young men who care enough and who are involved uh, with the land trust that I that I have I've traveled all over the state I have called on most of the land trusts when I had my job with with the state with the farmland preservation trust fund and I'm gonna tell you right here this land trust right here is head and shoulders above everybody has the <laughs> best staff <laughs> has the best staff does the best job uh, so it has just been a joy for my wife and I to be a, a, a little part of it and to be able to cheer for you. We well, it sounds like Cody's bailing on us, but how, what you say we, we go sir? get some? We go get us some lunch. All right, let's do it. All right, we appreciate it. Well, I'll do whatever you want it to do. If you're like us, you're riding down the road listening to the podcast on your commute. When you get to where you're going, don't forget like us on Facebook. Check us out at our website, threeriverslandtrust.org. There you can find out about all the events we're putting on all the conservation work we're doing, how you can get involved, and how you can help. We'd love to meet like-minded individuals and get you involved in conservation. Till next time.